Good morning and welcome. Welcome to the Mothers You Know Stay by the Tree webinar series. We are so thrilled you're here and so grateful that you would take your time to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I want to tell you a little bit about where you are and who we are before we get to our guest, Ashley Romney, today, who I know that you are excited to hear from. We're so excited that she's here. We are sponsored by Life Changing Services. Life Changing Services is an incredible company you would want to get to know more if you have things at your house that need support, whether it's yourself and your mind and your heart or your family and loved ones that you care for so deeply that just need some support and help with difficult challenges in their life. And I'll tell you just a little bit more about that. Mothers You Know is putting on this webinar series and underneath Mothers You Know or as a resource of Mothers You Know is our Mom Power training and it's women centered in Christ. We want you to have a phone number to call in case you have something going on at your home where you think, you know, we could use some mentoring. We could use some therapeutic assistance. We could use some support so that you can call and decide maybe what we have that you're struggling with at your house. I've been the parent support specialist at Life Changing Services, which is why I started Mothers You Know years ago. I just started volunteering calling mothers who were in the same situation I was because I felt so isolated and actually ashamed as a mother because of the big messes at my house. But I discovered that every mom who was struggling felt the same way. And every mom felt isolated and needed answers. I felt so grateful to have the opportunity to direct and found Mothers You Know. And it is a place where women learn to stand strong in the spirit God gave us. And we do that by learning and educating ourselves in our mom power training. And so it's important to me that you understand that there is a class that you can take. And it's for any mom. Any challenge that you're having in your home, it will be so encouraging and powerful for you because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in Mom Power, we learn to cheerfully do the things that lie in our power and then to trust that Christ will be there for us and help us and that we can wait for his arm to be revealed and while we're waiting we do some really important things to remember that his enabling power is there for us. So I present that training and this next training starts on the 16th. We'll tell you more about that at the end of the webinar. Today, you're here for our three-part webinar series where we invite guests to come and share messages of hope with us. And not just hope, there's, they have a lot of courage and insight and in the, the things that they feel passionate about. And we're so excited for you to be here today for our final of this three-week series. 
today is our message of hope is messages of power and love for young women. And maybe you heard that Ashley Romney was coming today and she is the direct her website is the power of one girl she's very passionate about caring for young women and she understands a great deal about how to do that because she's experienced a lot of things personally but also been led to arrive in a place where her mission is to encourage and help young women and young single adult women find a place of power and peace because they're connected to their true identity. Her Instagram page is so inspiring and so Ashley will post wonderful things that are so encouraging and powerful for young women. And I highly encourage you if you're a young woman to start following her. She has an incredibly insightful and empowering Instagram and always posts really cool things every week. I'll let her introduce more about herself and what she does and why she loves it so much, but we just want to express our love and appreciation for Ashley for coming today. This is Ashley Romney, and she's lovely. In many ways, you can find her. Uh, her website is The Power of One Girl, or you can follow her on Instagram. Thank you so much for your kind words, and thank you everyone that's here willing to adapt with me through this mess. This was not how I planned it to be, but sometimes God's plans are a lot different than we ever had in mind. And I keep learning this over and over and over again. The goal that I have today is to just have a heart-to-heart -heart with those young women and young single adults that are with us. And for all the mamas joining us today, we are so grateful for you, for all that you do for your amazing daughters and for all the women in the world. And we would love as much participation as we can. I'm going to ask a few questions and I won't be able to read the answers, but hopefully Connie and Karen can help me with reading some of the answers. But I kind of want to have just a little bit of a discussion, and then we're just going to talk about power and love and our loving Heavenly Father. I, I, love, I love the word power. I named my organization The Power of One Girl as it came to me piece by piece through Heavenly Father's revelation. It started when I stumbled upon the scripture, DNC 58:28. And if you want to turn there, you are welcome to. But in there it says, for the power is in them. We are not, we're not agents. We're not agents to be acted upon. The power is in us. And there's been so many times in my life where I didn't realize that I had power. I didn't realize that I had power over my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health, my spiritual health. Sometimes I kind of just felt like I was just tossed amongst the wind. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before. And 
if you're in that place right now, that is totally fine. There is no shame whatsoever in feeling like you don't have power. Because there's been many times where even though I know this now, I still forget it or don't feel like that power is in my hands. And that's okay. Those are some of our greatest moments. So I want you to think of a time. Have you ever felt like you were doing everything in your life, taking power over everything? You're trying to do everything right, and it felt like you were stuck, or it felt like you were without hope. It felt like Heavenly Father wasn't hearing your prayers, or, or you weren't getting the answers that you need, or you weren't, you weren't filling Christ in the way that you needed to fill him or you weren't sure if he was truly, truly aware of you, even though you had been taught it so many times before, you felt like maybe he wasn't truly aware of you. I want you to think of that moment, or maybe there's like 5,000 of those moments in your life. If you feel like, you can top in the comments what that might have looked like or felt like for you, and we're not going to address names when we're talking about this, but it might be fun just to read a few so that we know that we're not alone. So if you feel like it, and there's no pressure on this one whatsoever, if you feel like it, type in the comments what it might feel like to you when you feel stuck or without hope. Maybe it's one word to describe it, or maybe you, have, you could write a book on all the different times that you felt this in your life. To be honest, I know I certainly could. Sometimes it's easy to feel like we're, like we want to show the world that we're perfect and that we never have these times in our lives. But something I've been learning is that it's important that we mourn with those that mourn. And one of the best ways we can do that is just by speaking up and sharing our story. Even if you're not specifically talking to just one person, if you're willing to share maybe on social media, or in a testimony meeting of a dark place you've been in, sometimes that's the greatest way that we can bear another's burdens because it reminds them that they're not alone, even though maybe they're not in a place that they want to talk about it yet. So I'm going to try my best to not shy away from telling you about the dark times where I have felt lost or without hope. Ashley, uh, I was just yes. going to read to you some of these comments. I would love that. Thank you. Okay. Dark. Another gal says abandoned. Another confused and disappointed that I can't find my way. Empty. I just felt cold and alone. I felt scared and stuck. I struggled not to feel abandoned by Heavenly Father when I'm trying to do what's right and challenges seem to consume me. So there you go. Thanks for all that. Hmm. Yeah, thank you everyone for your participation. I'm trying to hold back tears because I too have felt those. Thank you so much for sharing and being willing to be vulnerable and open. Those are some dark and heavy words. It's, it's such a heavy place to be. And sometimes we wonder if God truly loved us, if God answers our prayers, why does he bring us to these moments or why isn't he answering or letting us 
be able to clearly see his love. And I think of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember how he, too, asked the question of where was Heavenly Father? Remember when he felt so alone? And our goal is to become like Christ, right? Which means we need to have experiences like Christ. And that's not fun to hear when you're in that dark place. That is not fun to hear at all. But have you ever gotten past that dark moment? And you can look back and you can be grateful, so very grateful for what you went through and for what you learned. Sometimes it feels like it will never end. Sometimes it's, I've had, I've had times in my life where it wasn't like 10 or 15 years later that I would look back and I could finally see the conclusion to that one particular trial that I was going through. And it's in those moments that I've learned that my faith grows further and further and further. But in that deep process, sometimes it feels like we are sinking, like our faith is being, being lost, being buried. But you are not alone. And we all have different things that we're here to experience on this journey. Every journey looks unique and different. And how amazing it is that God trusted you to go through what you are going through. You're the only one strong enough to handle it in the way that you are doing so. So I think that's beautiful. I wanted to, I wanted to tie this into Cinderella for a minute. I don't know if you've seen the 2015 version. That one's my favorite. And I wanted to take you to a scene. So this is in the middle of the movie. If you remember, she's put up with a lot by now. Her stepsisters and stepmother are so mean, saying cruel things all the time. And she's just constantly forgiving them and putting up with it. She found out that her dad had just died. She's now an orphan. And she was getting really excited to go to the ball. She heard about a ball. Her stepmom wasn't willing to get her a dress, so she went searching and found one of her mom's old dresses. She puts it on, goes downstairs, and her stepmom starts making fun of the dress, telling her that her mom had no fashion. And then she starts tearing the dress. And at this point, Cinderella is just at her breaking point. She runs out the door. She kneels outside by this wall and just starts crying. I love this scene because I too have been there and it's nice to know that you're not alone, right? So through her tears, she says the words, I'm so sorry, mom. I said I would have courage, but I don't. I can't believe anymore. Oh, those words sting. I don't know if you felt that exactly where you're like, I just can't believe anymore. Like, this is not working out. This is not what I expected. I'm doing everything right. And, and now this, and now this trial that I have to go through. I love what happens next. Immediately when she utters those words, a lady pops out. 
it's her fairy godmother, but at this moment in this movie, you don't know it's her fairy godmother. She looks way different. She's disguised. She simply asks for bread and milk. And what's amazing about Cinderella is she immediately jumps up and says very politely that she's going to go serve her. Okay, so let's be real for a minute. I don't know how many of us would would be able to easily put away our pain to go serve another person. But that is true humility. I want you to think of a time in your life when you felt so broken that it was so hard to serve another person. And, and we went there, right? We just went there. So maybe you already have it in your mind. In that moment that you're thinking of, would it be easy to think of another person? The answer is probably not. It probably would not be easy. But in that moment, do you think it would be possible to serve and think of another person? And this is what inspires me absolutely so so immensely about Christ. I can't imagine being in so much agonizing pain and yet you're willing to keep going through it because you know that you're doing it for the love that you have for your brothers and sisters. Our love isn't absolutely perfect like his, but we're striving to get it there. And Sometimes we miss a lot of opportunities to serve other people because we're focused on ourselves. And there's no shame or guilt in that. I can't tell you how many times I've had moments like this. And I look back and I regret them. But at the same time, they are teaching moments. When I can look back and see, oh, I could have served someone then, those are teaching moments. What's amazing about Cinderella's story, let's go back to that for a minute. Once she served... Once she served this lady who she didn't know was her fairy godmother, then the fairy godmother said, I'm your fairy godmother. And she changes her appearance and she shows up as the fairy godmother. And now this woman is willing to serve Cinderella. But Cinderella had to. She had to. And this is not easy. And it's going to take a lot of willpower and humility to do so, but we have to be willing to serve another person to get out of our mess. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Sometimes we're really good at it. But I think the hardest part is starting. Starting. Because once you get in that service groove, it can then be really easy, and you can start to thrive off of it. But starting for me, at least, is the hardest part of all. So for her hope, for Cinderella's hope to be restored, she needed to serve. I'm not going to quote this directly, but Henry B. Eyring said something about how our self-respect can be restored and our sorrow can go away when we start serving other people. I love that. And once again, I just want to meet you where you are. It is not easy. And sometimes we have to start with the simplest 
things ever. But I thought that we might be able to name some ways that we could serve other people on just a daily basis. Something that isn't super extreme, where we're not going to Haiti and spending a whole week serving an orphanage, which is absolutely amazing. But let's talk about some daily things that we could do. So if you want to, you're welcome to raise your hand and we can unmute you and you can speak or you're welcome to just type it in the comments. What are some ways that we can serve other people on a daily basis? I'll let you think for just a second. And once again, you can type those in the comments or you can just raise your hand and they'll come and unmute you. First thing that came to my mind was smile. Just a smile. Mm. Even though I feel like not smiling. And Debbie has something. Debbie? I'll find the quote and put it in the chat. But in April of 2018 General Conference, Henry B. Irene spoke about revelation. And we all want to receive revelation. But he made such an interesting point that if we want to receive revelation, one of the best ways to receive it is to be praying for other people. When, we, when our focus is outward, often that's time, a time when we will receive revelation. And I think that's something that we can do every day when we pray. Pray to be aware of the needs of those around us as we go about our day. Thank you, Debbie, for sharing that. That's beautiful. That is really powerful. Thank you for that one. And Karen, yes, I love that you said smiling. That one is, <laughs> sometimes it can take a lot out of us, right, if we don't feel like it, but it is so powerful. There's been so many times where I've been touched and needed that just simple smile from someone in the grocery store. Yeah, and there are several in the chat that I'll read out loud. So one was truly wanting to know how someone is doing, a phone call, an uplifting comment to someone's social media, a compliment to someone, a kind note of appreciation, listening, looking into someone's eyes when they talk. Those are such good ones, such good ones. I love that all of these are addressing that need for, for connection. Connection is what this world is, is kind of in lack of at this time. Once the social media took off, it has amazing benefits. And don't get me wrong, I love social media. But it kind of, in a way, took away our connection, our, our ability to be truly, truly real and authentic and reach out to people in the way that we used to, right? But all of those address that connection that we need, especially for more suicide prevention, right? So thank you everyone for sharing your comments. Those are powerful. So there's a quote by President Kimball, and I won't quote this perfectly, but he is saying that the way that we are going to have our needs met, the way that God meets our needs is usually through other people. And that's why it's so important that we serve other people. And this quote has both blessed my life and hurt it. And I'll explain. First of all, I'll talk about a time when I was just newly in the singles ward. I was really young, really shy. I had a lot of hard things going on in my life. I was trying to figure out if I should be dating this boy. And I was just struggling. I was in this deep, dark depression, honestly. 
And I remember not wanting to go to church that day, especially because I was like, I have no one to sit by. And it was before they split the singles ward. So these were like huge packed singles wards. So when I got there, the only seat that was left was at the very, very, very front front row. No one sits on the front row, right? Well, I was forced to sit on the front row because I knew I needed to be there. So I'd sit on the front row and it's time to sing a hymn. This girl behind me taps on my shoulder and she says, it looks like you don't have a hymn book. Here's a hymn book. And she hands me her hymn book. And it is the simplest thing that she could have done. But I, this is 10 years ago. I have not forgot that moment and the way that I felt. She blessed my life so much that day and I am so grateful for her simple gesture of just handing me a hymn book all I needed that day was to be seen was to be noticed was to just know that God was aware of my circumstances so that quote has also hurt me there's been times in my life where I felt like I was drowning and I was pleading to Heavenly Father, just let someone show up at my doorstep. Just let someone call me. Just let someone text me. Like, I just need to know that you care about me or that someone else cares about me. And this was a time in my life where nothing seemed to be working out. I was once again going through a deep, dark depression mixed with anxiety, mixed with like that hopelessness that we were talking about where I literally felt abandoned and I felt worthless and I literally felt like a grain of salt, a grain of sand. I don't know if you've ever felt that low in life, but I literally felt like I had no worth. And I was begging Heavenly Father for months, months, for someone to show up and to just make me feel noticed. And I look back at that time and I'm grateful that I'm past that now so that I can see the other perspective. Heavenly Father needed me to reach out to other people. He wasn't going to let me totally, totally break. He was there but he was silent and I look back and I can see all these ways that I could have been the one to reach out and to serve other people. And so I want you to know that if you've ever felt that way, that you are seen, that you are heard. And I'm so sorry if you felt like that before. I empathize with you so much, but know that you're not alone and know that Heavenly Father is probably being silent to teach us something or to help you grow. I was also in a phase of growth. And often our phases of growth look like phases where we're drowning, where we're completely not growing whatsoever, where we're shrinking. But if you just keep praying and keep having the desire to believe, I pray promise you, you are growing more than you think you are. I promise you that. So what was I supposed to learn in that moment? 
I was supposed to learn that I'm stronger than I think I am and that sometimes it's on me to reach out to other people. And it's okay for me to ask for help. It's okay for me to call a friend and say, hey, I really need a friend. Will you come to lunch with me? It's okay. It's okay if you ever need to do that. So the more selfless we are, the more joy we experience. There is so much power in service. So let me ask you this. Hopefully we can get some responses on this one. Why do you think service is the way to restoring hope? Why was that the way that Cinderella needed to restore her hope? And why is that usually the way that we need to restore our hope in our own lives? Why is service the key? I'd love to hear your answers on that. Why is service the key to restoring hope? So it goes back to having a uh, charity man or favorite, the Relief Society motto. I know that whenever I was feeling alone and I decided to serve, sometimes it's just nice feeling spirit and just knowing, hey, I'm not alone. I can do this. And just reassurance for yourself that Heavenly Father's there, the Spirit's there to guide you, and just serving can definitely bring that about. I love that. Thank you so much for that response. And it's also self-assurance that we have a mission to fulfill, right? We are needed. Any other comments? I was going to say that probably for me it's, it, it's helpful because usually when you're feeling like um, things aren't going right and you can't control things and you go and serve someone, then you realize that you can contribute, even if it isn't fixing your own problem, but that you are powerful and you can help. So it get, gives you more hope again. I love that you use that word powerful. Thank you so much for that. We'll talk more about power in a little bit. Thank you for saying that. I, I would love to add to that. I agree. Like I was just going to say the same thing that I feel like that when you get up and do something, it's almost like confidence comes into you because of that power of like, oh, I, I can do good and and it just like fills you with this okay I'm not hopeless I have something good to do to give to and it just kind of gets you back into that hope for me it's kind of magical but it really works these are so good thank you so so much yeah, I love that you use the word confidence. It totally does restore confidence. I love that you said that. Anything else? I was just thinking about fear. Usually when we're in a really sad place where we're really focused on ourselves, we're feeling a lot of fear because we're lonely or feeling like we're rejected or not understanding. So our fear starts to grow. And it just made me think of that scripture, perfect love casts out fear, and that we have to pray for that kind of love. And so even if we can't pray because we're in such a hard place, like it just feels so hard and we feel like we're prayed out, sometimes it starts to feel like that. 
to just be able to know that taking my love or my power, this action that I can do to choose to just get up and go do something that would matter over there will help me to cast out that fear as well as it will really cause the darkness to, to fear my light because I can get up and do things. Yes, 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 yes. So I, I love that you said that. Well, I'll just dive back into how when I was in that dark place where I was waiting for someone to serve me, I wasn't using my power appropriately. I honestly was not. I was allowing Satan to be the agent over me, to make me feel like I was broken because no one was helping me rather than me looking inside and asking Heavenly Father, hey, can you remind me again what my purpose is today? It doesn't matter what my purpose is overall, but what is my purpose today? What am I supposed to contribute today? I'd stopped taking power over my life. And so, of course, I was going to sink into a deeper, darker depression with more anxiety. So thank you so much for bringing up that scripture of uh, fear and perfect love and charity, right? It really does cast it out. Absolutely, it does. And once again, I really just want to have empathy that if you're not in that place, I get you. But really looking back, it was me not taking power over my life. It was me not being willing to let go of some pride that I was holding on to. And I've had so many moments like that. And it's hard not to regret them, but they're such teaching moments. Okay, I also was thinking of how that's service is a way that we can become equally yoked with Christ. That's our goal, right? To become equally yoked with Christ. And if Christ is constantly serving us, we need to do our part to serve him. It's the way that we open our hearts to the spirit. And like you said earlier, whoever quoted, it's the way that we get more revelation by thinking of other people. Absolutely. It's the one sure way that we can know Christ. There's a difference between knowing of someone and knowing someone, deeply knowing them. You probably know of a lot of people that go to your school, that go to your church. You're just aware of them. You know their name. And maybe you could give like one fact or two facts. But then you think of maybe your family members, your best friend. You like know them, right? You know them inside and out. You know what pushes their buttons. You know what brings them joy. You truly know them. That's our goal. Our goal is to truly know Christ, not just know of him, know about some stories, know that he was absolutely perfect in his love and his goodness. But how do we truly know him, know him inside and out where we can trust him with absolutely everything? I found that when we truly get to know someone, it's because we've experienced a level of empathy and compassion and serving them. I have found in my own life that it's impossible for, for me to truly 
know someone deeply without experiencing that level of empathy and without serving them. The moments that I've learned more and more about either my husband or my siblings are those times when I take to listen to what they're going through, to have that empathy, to meet them where they are, and then to be willing to do something nice for them. That's when I truly get to know them. So if we want to know Christ and be able to trust him with absolutely everything and have less of those moments of feeling lost and abandoned, we need to serve Christ more. And I am not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself too. So we're in this together. Why might we want to know Christ rather than just knowing of him. And maybe that's something that you want to journal for yourself. I, I give you a little bit of my answer, but maybe that's something that you want to ponder on today. Why would you want to know Christ, truly know him, rather than just knowing about him? I connect with him more, and I'm able to experience more of that suckering that he does for me. I think of the footprints in the sand story. And you know those moments where you literally feel like, Christ, where were you? I really needed you during this time. He was carrying us. He was the one that left the footprints in the sand. And I'm more aware of those moments when I know him and when I serve him. So that's the reason for me. But maybe there's a different reason for you of why you need to truly know Christ rather than just knowing about him. Okay, I just want to move into self-worth for a minute. Uh, there's a difference between the word self-worth and self-esteem, and I believe we sometimes use the word self-worth inaccurately. Sometimes I'll hear people say, oh, I just had really low self-worth that day, or my self-worth was just at the bottom during that time in my life. I don't like using that word because Self-worth is infinite. It cannot go up or down, no matter who you are or what you do. No matter what your sins are, no matter what your thoughts are, your worth, no matter what you look like, your worth doesn't change. It doesn't go up and down constantly throughout the day. It's infinite. This can be a very touchy question, but it's the only way that I've learned how to illustrate my point. Who has more self-worth? Is it Hitler or is it Mother Teresa? The answer is they both have equal self-worth, right? They were both children of our loving Heavenly Father, and Christ died for both of them. Justice and mercy come along to make things equal, and that's not for us to decide. We just know that their worth was the same. No matter how much you're willing to give or how much you're taking or what sins you have, your worth cannot change. I promise you that. And the more you ponder on this concept, the more you'll come to believe it and know it for yourself. But our self-worth cannot go up or down. Okay, so the hard part about me being on 
on audio rather than video is I had an object lesson, but I'm just going to explain it to you because I feel like it's so important. So I want you to picture a jar, a glass jar, a mason jar. That jar has a purpose, right? It has worth. It has a purpose. Its purpose is to carry things, whether it's peaches that you just canned or whether it's your ice water that you're carrying around. It has a purpose. Now I want you to picture, every time I say a compliment or a good thing, I want you to picture an M&M being dropped into that glass jar. So when I say you are beautiful, you are worthy, you are loved, you have a mission and a purpose to fulfill, you matter to your Heavenly Father. You have talents. You have so many talents more than you're aware of at this moment. Those feel so good, right? So those are all the M&Ms being dropped into that jar. And those compliments are true. I promise you they're true. But they feel good and they build us up. And sometimes we think when we hear those compliments that our self-worth just went up because other people could see that. Other people could see that we have talents. Other people could see that we had a purpose. But did the purpose of the jar change? No, it didn't change. The jar is still the jar. The jar still has the same value, whether there's M&Ms in it or not. Now I want you to think of all those M&Ms still at the bottom, and I'm going to dump clumps of dirt in it. When I say things like, oh, my goodness, you're so ugly. You have no friends. You're worthless. Those hurt, right? And Satan is throwing those at us all day long, every day. And the more we choose to believe them, the more we feel like our worth is being dipped into. But remember what I said, our self-worth can't go up or down. Now I'm going to dump some water in it in the jar to make some mud shaking it around and i'm going to make some mud did the purpose of the jar change now that it's really muddy did the worth of the jar change no the jar is still the jar can i wash that jar and reuse it for peaches tomorrow absolutely i can just go rinse it out throw it in my dishwasher and it is as good as new and that's the beautiful healing part of the atonement of Jesus Christ. He loved us enough to go through so much agony and hopelessness in order for us to have that worth stay steady forever. It doesn't matter what anyone says, what you say to yourself. Good or bad, your worth doesn't change. What changes is your belief about yourself, your view of it. You get to choose if you're going to be confident today or not. If you're going to believe that Christ truly loves everyone equally and that you are not less than or better than another person. I hope that that object lesson gives you some kind of perspective that 
that these comparisons that we go through, they really aren't changing us or our character. They're just helping us. And you truly are exactly, exactly who Heavenly Father needs you to be. And all we need to do is ask him, what can I do for you today that's going to make your life better, someone else's life better, and my life better? Because, of course, Heavenly Father is so happy when we're serving one another. Just like, just like a mother is so happy when her children are serving and loving one another. So is our Heavenly Father so happy when we are doing that to one another. I am so grateful for the opportunity to speak to you. I have so many more thoughts on self-worth, and I'd love to share them with you if you want to. Just meet me over at thepowerofonegirl.org or follow my Instagram. You're welcome to message me anytime, and I can help remind you that you are so loved and valuable, and I promise you that Heavenly Father loves you infinitely. Thank you, Ashley. And thank you, sisters, for being here. We just have a little bit of information for you, and then we're going to have a discussion with Ashley. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to see you next week in our Mom Power training. We're having a really special summer session. We're transitioning and trying some really cool new things, and we're hoping that you'll join us for this. And because we wanted to make it available to you and really give you the opportunity to come and, and take advantage of this special session this summer, it will be free this summer. And usually it costs $100. And so we just want you to come. It's at a self-paced class. So all the lessons are um, available online and you get to them yourself. And then every morning at 9 a.m., I'll meet you online just like this in this format. And we will highlight the application of the powerful principles that are taught in that lesson and go over any questions and how those things apply. So that's really exciting. I'm really excited for that format and excited to be able to really hone in on teaching the tool and the principles as you learn the lessons outside of that 9 a.m. time. It's just so important as women for us to understand that as we gather together and care for each other, as we are also caring outside where we care deeply about the most important things in our lives, our families and our children and our stewardships, that the way that we can really focus and know who the Savior is, is to lean into finding Him and really getting to know Him, as Ashley mentioned. And that's what our Mom Power training is, uh, Christ-centered training. I also wanted to share with you some more resources just in case you don't know about these Mama Trauma Now But is a book that I wrote with some powerful Christ-centered principles that will help any mom with any situation in her home where she thinks this is really messy. It has a message in it that in a mess, there is always a message and a miracle. And, the, and lots of women share their perspective as well as their um, struggles and, and their wins. But there's lots of really awesome principles in there. 
This is a beautiful painting, Stay by the Tree. You can see it behind me in my screen. Um, commissioned by Judy Cooley, a Latter-day Saint artist. And then I think sometimes as moms, we just need somewhere to kind of go over what's going on. And then we are more clear on what our next step is. So please feel free to make an appointment with me. I'm an inspiration-led coach, and I love the principles that we teach here at Life Changing Services and how we apply those to parenting and as to our own individual spiritual battles. So I invite you to just have a complimentary meeting with me just to talk about your family and what's going on. But also, if you just need some help personally, we just are so available here to do that for you. So thank you so much again for being here. And Ashley, your message is so lovely. One of the things that, that stood out to me, Ashley, that I just wanted to ask you about was, how did you figure out to ask, what is my mission and my purpose today? I thought that was so huge. Because we get so focused on, you know, I'm not that cool. What is my purpose? Uh, what cool thing am I supposed to be doing? What do I do that makes me stand out? And it takes us away from being present and right now, but asking yourself daily, you know, just how did you figure that out? That is so cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I'm not taking credit, though. That's definitely the spirit. It was actually when I went through a really tough breakup and I was in this really, once again, dark depression because here I am, pity old me, like, this is so hard, why me? And I remember the spirit whispering to me that day, Ashley, you may feel broken, but you still have a piece to play today. Someone needs you today. And so... I actually have this prayer journal that I write down three questions every morning of something that I need Heavenly Father to speak to me about. And that's always one of those questions is what's my purpose or who needs me? And the very first one was in our young women's program growing up, we had an adopted grandma. And so it's just a, it's usually they were all like widowed ladies in our ward. We had a lot of them growing up. And my grandma was so, so sweet. And it had been probably like three or four years since I had seen her. I was at every young woman's and life just got busy and I wasn't in the neighborhood. And I remember the spirit saying to me, go bring her flowers. She needs to hear from you. And that day I was able to get through that breakup and move forward and so that's touched me ever since that was the spirit and I'm so grateful that the spirit showed me that that's so awesome yeah if you want to talk or like Ashley mentioned earlier you can raise your hand or if you enter something in the chat a question for Ashley really this is your time with Ashley oh Jen has something Jen you're on. Ashley, I want to thank you so much. It was amazing what you've said. And I, I just want to see like what you would suggest as a support person for someone that is in that dark place. How, 
how do you, or what have you found to meet them where they are, but also help them see hope and believe the truth of the Lord, you know, like empty out the dirt. Uh, it's just kind of a tricky situation sometimes to do both. It really is. I love that you're asking that. I know in my own personal life, it's, it's helped me so much to have people that are willing to compliment me. And then I've actually had a few amazing young men leaders who, like, even when I wasn't in young women's anymore, they would come and we, they would like take me to go serve somewhere or do something. And so maybe just getting them out of the house of, Hey, let's go to the food bank together. And then just serving them, serving with them where they can then see like, okay, I'm not alone. I have this connection. Someone cares about me. But yet they're also slowly moving towards that mindset of I really do have power. I really can help another person. I really do have a purpose. So I'd say if it's possible for you, inviting them to do something where they can be a part of something good. Sometimes we just need to know that that we matter enough that we really can contribute. And sometimes we need someone to hold our hand to do that. And if that's the case, that's totally okay. I don't know if that applies to you. But also, I think definitely that empathy of, yeah, I see you, I hear you. And then just telling them what's worked for you. Sometimes we can also live in that pity too much where we're getting too much of, yeah, that really is hard. And if, if that's all that they're hearing all day long, they're going to sit in that pity more and more thinking, yeah, this really is hard. We need validation. Don't get me wrong. We need validation. Every single one of us needs to be validated. And it stings when you say, yeah, I know exactly what you're going through because no, we don't, right? Everyone experiences it differently. But also then shifting their mindset to, but there's hope and here's how there's hope. Whether it's sharing a scripture, a quote, um, something amazing that, that they have done for you, some talent that you see in them, just show up, like helping them see some kind of good in themselves. Does that answer it? Does that help in any way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Jan. Yeah, anybody else? A question or comment for Ashley? Ashley, I had a comment. I have a dear friend who, you know, just for a long time suffered uh, as a young woman, just all by herself, and did everything she had learned to do in the gospel, you know, check all the right boxes and pray and pray and pray, but she didn't really reach out to anyone. And by the time she did reach out to somebody, so much of her belief was, you know, hurt. And she felt betrayed by God. And anyway, just as someone who just loves her, it's just amazing. You know, she's just so powerful and wonderful, but you know, she's decided that that betrayal was just so real and hurt so much that she's decided to just be 
powerful on her own without God. And so anyway, I just think sometimes there's this, just this, you know, questioning place. What would you say to someone supporting that and someone going through that? That's so hard. My heart aches for both parties. That is so hard. For the person supporting, I would honestly say be patient and don't give up. They need they need that space to grieve and to mourn. And I'd say just like do not give up. It, there's a difference between not giving up and being preachy. And I know that I've seen many, many girls when they're being preached to all the time of, hey, you made the wrong choice, you're doing the wrong thing. They feel more shame. And shame comes from Satan. It's not part of our gospel. That shame makes us feel worthless, which then creates more of a disconnect from God. But when they feel that sorrow and that guilt on their own, that godly sorrow, the correct sorrow that leads us to change, that's when they're going to change. So to not have someone constantly preaching at them, telling them that they're doing it wrong is a huge key in allowing them to come to that realization where they will realize that, that they do need God on their side. And I know you, and I know that that is absolutely not what you would do in any way but just that reminder of that space, mm -hmm. that space to allow them to heal and just supporting them and meeting them where they're at. For the, for the girl going through that, that is so hard. That is so sticky. And man, if I was just talking to that girl, I would just once again let her know that God still loves her no matter what she's done. No matter what she believes, no matter what she thinks, God still loves her and she still matters to him. And just that gentle, gentle, gentle reminder to her will really start to open her heart in the right time, in the right process. I think we sometimes have this very warped time view of time right where we think oh she's not active today like it's the end of the world and god has an infinite timeline where he sees okay i know that she's going to come around i know that she's going to change that she just needs to go through this growth process on her own and now she's going to be able to help other girls going through that because it's getting darker and darker in this world right to hang on to your testimony satan is really really shaking things up and maybe her purpose is her going through this to then empathize with other people. And these are just my thoughts. They don't make them 100% accurate or true. But these are my thoughts and my beliefs that I've come from working with other girls. That's so wonderful. Thank you. Any Anyone have something they'd like to say? Because I have like 10 more things I could ask. Ashley, I'm interested to know. <laughs> I just had a thought um, on what Ashley said. What you were saying right then reminded me of um, something I heard 
a long time ago or I read, but it was a, um, a grandma and her grandson. And he just didn't believe in uh, the gospel. He didn't believe in the Book of Mormon or the church. And every time he would just share why and what and, you know, what was hard or what he had learned. And she just kept saying, oh, I just can't wait until, I can't wait until you pray about that, I think is what she said. But um, I think that was the words that she was inspired to say. But she just kept hope. And, and I think the idea of what we go through, we get to then accept everything that has come behind us, like not compartmentalize our life, what was good, and then just take that forward, but instead like turn around and just give a big hug to all of our experiences in life and let them be part of us and then turn around to go forth to serve. I, I loved what you said. I mean. This, um, this idea of everyone having a purpose is truly for everyone. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. That just gives a lot of hope that, to my heart, and it's okay to listen to what the words are. So for one of the people that I love, the words are, help them see things as they are. And I think God teaches us what our words can be in our little space of trying to use our faith to help someone we love progress or move forward or see things. But it's also lovely to recognize that, like I read today in Alma 8, I think, it's he was so downtrodden. He was so sad. And that's when the angel came to him, and that's when the angel said the words. And I think the words that the angel said are very much like heaven speaks. Blessed art thou calls him by name and gives him all the reasons why he can lift up his head and rejoice. So I think God teaches us so tenderly and we can say, what are the words we should be praying for for this loved one? Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much. That's so powerful. You're right. We just need that reminder of hope and then asking Heavenly Father, what do we need to say or do around them? Ashley, I feel impressed to ask you to just describe what got you started in this purpose of helping young women and young single adult women just understand their worth and where it comes from. Like, how did that start for you? What was your realization? You've talked about your pageants and things, but I just thought, you didn't really touch on that. And before you go, I think, oh, it would be so good to hear just where our worth comes from and how you figured that out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's been quite the process. I think the times we learn things the deepest is when we feel it the most. And I feel like I'm still learning it where I can have that complete 100% confidence and faith. And knowing that my self-worth doesn't go up or down because we make a mistake and we're embarrassed and we think, oh, no, or we compare ourselves to other people thinking that everyone's life is perfect but ours. And I've been caught in those moments so many times. I feel impressed to share. I've never shared this story. Like, I don't know how to share it. But last summer, honestly, I was in a deep beauty comparison. 
I felt like I was not beautiful whatsoever. I was tearing myself apart. I, I literally was giving myself anxiety attacks over just not feeling pretty enough. And I'm embarrassed to say that this was just a year ago, but I have to be real. And these thoughts actually led me to this huge rash on my neck. And it wasn't something that could just be hidden. And especially because it's in the summer, you can't wear a turtleneck. And I had this huge rash. And I don't know if you've ever seen how stress can make your skin react. And that's literally what was happening to me. I was feeling like I was not pretty. And so my body was showing me, okay, your, your thoughts are actually coming true. Not that a rash makes you unpretty, but it was just worsening my, my stress on that level. And in those moments where you literally feel like you're ugly, which makes you worthless, and just those spiraling down thoughts, you really, really, really start to evaluate what you know to be true. And I remember looking out the window and seeing this man wait by a bus stop. And if he was older, just the thought came to my mind of, does that man have worth? He's not your typical, like, beauty magazine person. But does he have worth? And does God love him equally to you? And that thought stung and healed my heart. How embarrassed and saddened I was that Heavenly Father even had to ask me that question. But it's just been little experiences like that over the last like 10 years where I've fought with these thoughts so much. And I guess Satan knows that that's where my buttons come from is feeling like I can be less than. And so he really puts those thoughts in. And the more that I I think on those thoughts, the more that I start to believe them, but the more that I think on the thoughts of Heavenly Father and love and the young woman's theme, I love the young woman's theme, new and old. Those are affirmations and they're given to us so that we can reflect on those positive thoughts about ourselves and know that we truly do have that worth. So I don't know if that answers your question. I just have had lots of personal experiences of just feeling worthless and the spirit nudging me to think differently about the situation. So good. Thank you. Well, Ashley, before we go, um, any final thoughts that you would want to share with us? We just welcome you to, to end us off here. Yeah, I, I guess I just want to remind girls that they have so much power over their lives. Uh, going back to DNC 5828, that's kind of like the motto of my life. And anytime I'm going through a dark place or, or living in self-pity and, and feelings of worthlessness, I go to that scripture and I remind myself, do I have power? And in what area of my life have I stopped taking that power? And I've learned that the core of it is service. The core of it is choosing that we have a mission and a purpose every day and we go when we go in with that confidence then we can experience less anxiety and less depression and less of our own woes and battles 
We really truly can when we're focusing on other people. So that's what I want to leave with you is just to remind you that you have power over your life. God wants you to have power over your life. He wants, he gave you that agency. We fought for agency and we're not puppets. Sometimes I felt like I was a puppet and that wasn't true. God gives us so much agency. He has missions and purposes for us, but it's us using that agency to tap in and asking, what can I do to serve you today? And it was Russell M. Ballard that said every single morning, if you will pray for a service opportunity, he said, I promise you that one will show up. We have to be doing the looking and the willing but he said, I promise one will show up every single day if you will pray for it every single morning. And I bear my testimony of that. And I've seen that there's times where I guess I wasn't willing because I wasn't finding it. But when I'm truly willing and I'm willing to go to that open heart place, I find that I then have someone to serve. I know what I need to do. And I feel so much better about myself. I'm able to recognize my self-worth and I'm able to know my savior that much deeper. So I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you sisters for joining us. We really appreciate your time and uh, just the spirit that you brought. Thanks so much for sharing this with us.